a new episode of Degrassi, The Next Generation, every throwback Thursday from the Degrassi Black Hole. I am your co-host, Terry McGregor. I am your other host, Chris Sharp. (laughs) And today we are recapping season four, episode 17, titled Queen of Hearts. But before we get into the episode, we will get into some trivia for Terry. So y'all know I don't care about this episode because not only are there no tidbits, <laughs> but I have two trivia questions. And usually I come at you with at least three. Right. How much does Ellie's rent cost? Is it five forty? Yes. What she class did have... Ellie and and her friends skip to play Euchre? French. Look at you, 100% this week. <laughs> it's like, congratulations. I Thank you. I watched it very hard because I was trying to find stuff that was going on and there was like nothing going on, but it was here, you know? Like, I mean, I guess every episode can't slap, so yeah, that applies here. And, right. And we've talked about how season four has been really heavy. So I, I mean, this definitely had heavier tones to it because we're like vis- revisiting Ellie's mom um, and their like relationship, but Wow, I've seen better episodes, that's for sure. All right, so I guess we can go ahead and get straight into it. We're going to start with their plot B. Paige is disheartened because Matt doesn't call on her for answers during class, and instead he calls on Hazel. Paige then flirts with Matt after class and invites him to see a movie on the school night, hoping they won't run into anyone. Manny walks by to let Paige know that the new uniforms for Spirit Squad have arrived. I'm just going to remind y'all that Manny caught Matt when he was about to kiss Paige outside the dance. She does not buy their little ruse about Paige helping him with the bulletin board at all. So obvious. Because they are obvious. They are very obvious. No? Yeah, no. It's way too obvious. And I had the same thought of Manny, Manny saw them and you're still talking to each other at school. Like after that, I think I would literally avoid you at all costs and just talk outside of school if I really care like, that much. And the thing is that I relate to liking somebody and wanting to be around that person and wanting to talk mm-hmm. to them when you have your chance. But when you're in this kind of a situation where you know you're not supposed to be together, you would think that not only you, but the person who's going to lose their position mm-hmm. would want to do a little bit less, No. Absolutely. It's literally in this situation between Paige and Mr. O. I also felt really weird referring to him as Matt in my notes because I'm like, that's still your teacher. Like, let's not normalize the fact that that is your teacher. Um, In this scenario, it's time and place. Like, that's really what they should be worried about. And they literally can't keep each other from talking to one another and being flirtatious in front of everybody. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) yes. I agree. And for a minute, I was only referring to him as as Mr. O because, yes, that is your teacher. And then somewhere along the line, I switched over. I think it's because she calls him Matt, but his name is Mr. O because he's the teacher. You nasty bitch. Well, she's not nasty. He's nasty. (laughs) He's the nasty bitch. Right. And we'll get into it, too, because we're about to touch on it. But you would think he would want to keep his job once we figure out where he lives. It don't make any sense. (laughs) 
So Paige and Mac go to the movie as promised. And like we said, they don't know how to lay low. And Paige has, I thought Paige was in a horrendous disguise because she was just wearing a cowboy hat. But then I realized that like, that was fashion. <laughs> it was giving, I chose this outfit. I, I, cause I, I forget where I realized it. Uh, and I will comment on it later, but I was very shocked. Cause I said, this is a really bad disguise. But anyway, Paige tells Matt that they need to just leave because her boss tells her that she needs to work. But that's crazy to me because Paige is like 16 or 17. So there's no way that you demand that I come into work on my day off because you don't have any employees. That's a you problem. Right. Like, even if I shop at this mall, because it's probably their local mall and the normal mall that they go to, what's that got to do with me? I also was just like, was she on call? Because that's the only thing I could think about. I never worked a job where I had to be on call, but I know that that was a thing where they could call you between certain times and then you'd have to come in. And that but makes sense. But that. I'm I'm not on call. I'm in, I'm in high school, ma'am. I'm never going to be on call for you. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Um, I will lose that's my job that. because there should be laws around the fact. You can't just pull me off the mall floor one day and say that I need to work. That's right. I would just lose the job. So Matt gets spooked and he tells <laughs> Pace that she better go to work because her boss just as well could have been Mr. Simpson and he doesn't want to get caught by being a damn predator. He doesn't use those words, but that's what I heard. <laughs> Paige is tired the next day at school to Hazel's notice, but unfortunately not because she was with Matt. I guess Hazel, in this moment, I'm thinking, oh, I guess Hazel is like on board. But we'll come back to that. Mm -hmm. So to disrupt their conversation, Matt asked Paige to differentiate between a lie and a biased story. It felt like foreshadowing to me, but that's neither here nor there. His nasty ass passes her a note that makes her smile. I guess he told her to meet him in the boiler room because that's the next place we see him and her kissing. So I got a question because I always do. How the hell? So I asked, or no, it's not really a question. So I was sitting here watching this. I was like, how the hell old was Lauren Collins when she filmed this scene? Because this is obviously a grown-ass man. And so the mm-hmm. show originally aired January of 2005, meaning that it likely filmed summer of 2004. Lauren's birthday is in August 1986, which means that she was 17 or 18 when she and Matt filmed the scenes. He would have been 25. The age of consent oh. in Toronto is 16, which means that this is legal, but gross. That and is I just gross. Think that we- I think that we do, like, icky things in the name of film and TV, but, like, I guess as long as she was comfortable is all that matters. Yeah. And in reading um, Mother of Degrassi, I can assume, or you would want to assume that they were, like, playing it safe and, like, taking care of the actors. Because, again, they were literally just kids, right? Like, they were just kids off the street, pretty much, that were acting. Right. Um, But we've talked about it several times, Emma and her first kiss being on screen, so it could have really went either way. Yeah, wasn't a fan, but, like, whatever. I guess it was technically illegal, just gross. So, meanwhile, Ellie and her friends try to get into the boiler room, so a little merge plot real quick, for their game of Euchre. Not really sure why they were playing in secret, but we will get back there to find out why. And unfortunately, they interrupt their session. So Matt is spooked again, and Paige tells Matt that she's going to his home that evening so they can have some privacy. I just don't understand that why that wasn't the plan from the beginning. We'll find out why, but Matt rebukes her efforts. Mm-hmm. Paige is not invited to his home because he's probably got a secret family. <laughs> they always do. Are we? I mean, I'm saying, but anyway. 
Paige is going through the spirit squad uniforms with Manny and they are discussing her little problem with Matt. A predator and his prey cannot openly display their affection towards one another. Sounds to me then there's not a lot of honesty going around. Look at Manny give us some solid advice. Mm-hmm. Manny unfortunately puts a bug in Paige's ear that I just expressed myself. Hmm. It's a wonder that Matt doesn't have a girlfriend. Or does he? And Paige is like, well, he did, but they broke up. And Manny's like, is that what he told you, girl? It makes sense mm-hmm. that Manny would be the one to raise those suspicions, though. She knows all about that. That's a fact. So now why is our girl Paige on the phone at work trying to find out if her phone is still working because Matt hasn't called her? <laughs> It would seem that Matt stood Paige up and Paige reassures her boss that Matt isn't cheating on her. And Miri highlights that these are Paige's insecurities. Like, girl, that's you worried about it. What nobody think about you? Paige shows up to Matt's house uninvited and unannounced to find that he lives in a dingy apartment with a flooded ceiling. The guy above flooded his room. It really reminds me of like the rundown apartment in The Sims, which if you play The Sims, you will know what I'm talking about. It's in the city. It's run down. It's like the fixer uppers. That's the vibes that it's giving. It's super gross. So, but you would think that somebody living in such flimsy conditions, as our girl Terry said, would work harder to maintain his TA position. But here we are. Him risking it all. I mean, for a six, 17 year old. Paige gets super giddy because Matt refers to their situation as a relationship and then they kiss happily. Ugh. How and did you know where he lived? Because Google just wasn't Googling at that point in time. <laughs> like, she went through school records? How did she figure that out? I have to tell you something about finding people's addresses in this day, but we'll we'll get there off, uh, off air. Off record. Anyway. And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, so on to plot B. Or plot A. Anyway. Were you all wondering how Ellie living independently has been going? In short, not well. First of all, Bueller the ferret has free roam of the house, and something about that feels disgusting, because can you train a ferret to use a litter box? I'm an asshole because I googled that, and I and the answer is yes. But that's still, that's still like, the same, because ferrets are, like, long rats. I was literally just anyway. about to say, it's a rat. Whether you could train it or not, it's a rodent. Mm-hmm. Like, gross. Ew. But we learn that Ellie is at risk for being late on rent, but she plans to get the money from her mother. Evidently, Sean used to pay the rent, but now, I guess, I don't know if he used to pay all of it, but he used to coordinate paying it. So now she's on her own. So the lights begin to flicker, and Mr. Martin asks Ellie if she forgot to pay the electric bill. That wasn't the issue. The unsanctioned ferret got electrocuted. (laughs) Ellie's crew attempts to plan a ferret funeral for Bueller, but Ellie needs to meet her mom for dinner to get the money for rent. Speaking of dinner, it's the next scene for Ellie. She's at a very quiet dinner with her mother. She looks better, her mom. And we are to assume that I guess she's sober now. What a miracle. Wow, I've never seen recovery work that quickly for someone. But I do think we'll find out later about her mother's recovery. Because, I don't know. I think she talks about it. Ellie's visibly displeased with her mother regardless. Understandably, her mother put her through a lot of trauma. You don't just get over that in a month. Anyway... Her mom shares that she's been sober for three months, three months, I digress, since Ellie left, and she wants for Ellie to move back home. Ellie still doesn't trust her mom, rightfully so, and she tells her mom that after this month, she's not taking any more of her money, and her mom looks like she wants to cry. 
Why would you? Why? Do you have a job, Ellie? That was a weird hill to die on because it's like, for all intents and purposes, homegirl is trying. You know what I mean? And she's paying your rent, which is wild. She's like, what, 16? You're living on your own. Your mom is paying your rent. And you're still, I understand the feelings. Those are valid. But just the fact that she'd rather go off and pay herself is beyond me. Yeah, I understand wanting to separate yourself from your mother. I get it. Like, and I understand not even trusting her. Mm-hmm. But it's the not right. seeing Ellie take the steps to be an adult where it's like you're half, you're like a foot in the door, but like halfway, I guess, in the door for him, essentially trying to be an adult, but also mm-hmm. trying to be a kid. And I feel like Alex calls her out on that eventually. It's like you want to be independent from your mother. And I actually feel like Alex wasn't very sympathetic or empathetic enough to her because I think they both had valid points. But Ellie was still mm-hmm. clinging on to kind of being very childish versus taking adult-like steps. You know, you don't just move out and say, I can pay my own rent. You should have had a job. And we didn't really see any of that take place. But anyway. Right. Ellie goes to lay Bueller to rest with Marco. Marco then has this awesome idea. It's terrible. That Ellie should play Euchre for money. Told you it was <laughs> terrible. So that she could pay her rent. What's crazy about this is that Ellie doesn't even know how to play Euchre. So I don't know why she would think this is a solid plan. So I have to ask, do you know how to play Euchre? Girl, no. What is that? (laughs) I know they were playing it, but like what? Me neither. I went to a game night on Saturday and I think they said something about playing Euchre. Not that they were going to play it, but they were like, should we learn? No, I'm good. I don't ever need to learn how to play that game. (laughs) Next. Yeah, right, so they skip I can to also the, say that they, I am one of the few people that don't know how to play spades, so. I also don't know, Do how, to know how to play spades. spades. And if you're listening to this, okay, so I feel like our voice is off because I feel like you asked a question and then I answered and then, anyway, hopefully it records better than it sounds right now. This explains why there's a delay on your responses yeah. to me. Yes, what the heck? Sorry, and this dog is barking. I'm... All right. Um but yes, no, I don't know how to play spades. Uh yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, let's try this again. Hopefully it's not trash. In conclusion, neither one of us know how to play spades. That's kind of a crime against the black community. But yeah. here we are. Two black girls who don't know how to play spades. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone, so there's that. <laughs> I feel like that could be the title of a podcast. It's kind of a long title. Anyway, so I guess things are going well. So they go off to the basement. They're playing Euchre for money. Things are going well because Ellie alludes to the group that they should play with Dylan's hockey team to win some real money. Marco is initially all on board, but then we quickly realize that Marco does not think this is a good idea because it's risky and could cost Ellie her rent money. But now I'm wondering, when the hell did Alex decide that she's friends with Ellie? Because wasn't she just talking shit about her last season? This doesn't make sense to me. And again, how Alex was just roaming freely around the school still. Even though Knowing she good and well. Right. So Marco gives Ellie a worried look and he walks away. Alex puts her paycheck in and Ellie puts her rent money in the pot. I'm stressed just watching this shit. And I didn't even like this, this whole plot line. Somehow Ellie goes from being introduced as Alex's friend to inviting Alex to move in. And Alex says it would be great because she'd be away from her mom's boyfriend of the month. But she can't afford this lifestyle. 
Alex tells Ellie that if she's so lonely, she needs to either move in with Sean in Wasega Beach or move back home to live with her mom. Ellie argues that her mom was drunk almost and almost lit the house on fire. And Alex tells Ellie, your mom is sober now, so you should get over it. Bitch. That's a little wild. <laughs> so do you think that Ellie should move back in with her mom? I think, I feel like yes, but only if she's in a good spot. Because I think Ellie and her mom both need each other. Like they're trying to move in together because they could both benefit from having someone there. Which I guess it should be normal because it's a mother-daughter relationship. But given the past, I see Ellie's hesitance. But also, if she over here gambling her rap money, she need to move in with her mom. Because <laughs> what? Right. <laughs> So I I also think that she needs to move in. I understand her reservations, but she's also really lonely. And mm-hmm. so you should move back with her. You don't, like if she were doing better on her own, I would suggest mm-hmm. that she stay where she is until she feels like she can trust her mom better. But she's not, so. Yeah, that's the thing too, is like people don't realize at that young age, like <laughs> how beneficial it, is, it can be to stay with your parents until you do not have to. Like, why would you want to get out, get a job, pay rent when you could live with your parents, still get a job and have money to later move out, you know? And honestly, why ever move out? If your parents aren't toxic, stay with them forever. (laughs) Never move out. Thank me later. Honestly, like, no, seriously. (laughs) Just saying. All right. So I don't really like how Alex belittles Ellie's doubt. Maybe she would understand if she had actually been friends with Ellie this entire time. I think Ellie would have a more fruitful conversation with Ashley about this problem because Alex can't see beyond her own traumatic home and that causes her to view Ellie's problems as pedestrian. So it's not really fair. Like, Mm -hmm. I know that Alex has seen a lot and she's been through a lot, but also that doesn't mean that she gets to belittle Ellie's genuine issues. After Alex shit talks Ellie, she then goes alone in their game of Euchre, much to Ellie's protest, but she still wins. Ellie apparently tested her mom by telling her to come over at the last minute to see whether or not her mom would be sober. Her mom was sober, yay, with a delightfully linear story of recovery. Ellie and her mother are going to work towards rebuilding the relationship, and the episode ends. Apparently, that was the last time we see Ellie's mom, too, which is interesting to me. Hmm, I had no idea of that. Did you have any morals? Yeah, it seems like if they're moving in together. No, no, this is my thing. This whole episode, I felt like it was going to go a completely different way because I didn't remember it. So, like, with them having Ellie play this game, I thought that they were leaning into her becoming, like, a gambler and her kind of, like, playing off her mom's, like, addictive personality and, like, Hmm. reflecting it onto Ellie. Like, I thought she was about to end up, like, being into gambling and she was going to lose her rent money. But it took a completely different turn. Like, the game was the least important part of this whole plot, you know? You're absolutely right. I was so stressed about the game, and I did not remember where this was going. But they do have a gambling plot line, which I think might have been how I was a little lost. I feel like it's in a couple of seasons, though.
What is happening? I don't know what just happened. Did you hear me at all? Well, I don't know what you heard, if it recorded or anything, but basically there's another plot line about gambling later. I thought this was that. It ended up not being that. And yes, Euchre was not a big part of this episode. Um, as for the episode morals, I guess. Damn, bitch, did you go? Damn, Terry's gone. Rest in peace. Do you think she'll come back? Let's wait to see. Oh, look, Terry's back. Amazing. Can you hear me now, Terry? Damn, bitch. I don't think you can hear me. Riverside be playing. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this episode up. Next on Degrassi, Paige begins to doubt her secret relationship with Matt after it is revealed. Meanwhile, Emma has a girls' night with Manny, Darcy, and Shantae that turns into a prank war with Chester and his brothers. That wraps this week's episode of Below the Dot Podcast. If you enjoyed your listen, please tell a friend to tell a friend. To hold you over between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under some derivative of the username Below the Dot. Feel free to reach out with any questions, comments, or concerns on either of our social media accounts or email us at whateverittakes385 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back this time next week, whatever it takes. Obviously.